and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, is the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Sosha. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back with you for another episode of Roach Coach as we work our way through all these new metal albums to create a new metal canon. And this week, we're revisiting... With some boys we haven't seen in a little bit. The Masked Men of Iowa. It's Slipknot. And their album, All Hope is Gone. We're going to talk all about this record this episode. Jenny, let's get it going. When did this album come out? This album was released on August 20th, 2008. Still in the come down. Still in the come down. Uh, but later era, so Slipknot moving along in their career with this one so a little bit let's let's start it off jenny history with all hope is gone i don't actually have any history with all hope is gone so you were not you were not at the record store anymore when this record came out um no i was not i think i had left the record store maybe a year prior maybe two years prior year or two yeah all right, Matt, history with All Hope is Gone? Well, my friend, Psychosocial was a big song that ended up showing up on one of my mix CDs that somebody gave me. And dug that song. Still dig that song. Still think it's a good one. Okay. I got this album day it came out. Got me the deluxe edition over at old BB Best Buy. Best Buy. Best Buy, and we'll talk about this digipack in a minute, but this record, I remember in the lead up, it was like, Slipknot is three for three, baby. Self-titled, Iowa, volume three subliminal verses. What a run. Can they go four for four? That was the question. And you're right, Matt, Psychosocial dropped. Everyone was like, okay, all right. See, of course, you got those new masks. We're going to talk masks. We're going to talk all about these masks. And uh, I remember chatting with a, with a, my friend of mine about this record. I think, you know what? This is, this is going back. This is going way back. My first ever podcast, which I don't believe is on the internet anymore anyway. I think we scrubbed all those episodes. But I believe we did an ep talking about this album and how we thought it was hot stuff. Wow, yeah. so you got a head start. Ooh, the hot stuff. Podcasting about this. Hot stuff, yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking it was some hot stuff at the time. And I remember like a year or so later, I moved to Pittsburgh. And I met a guy at my job. And he was uh, he was all Slipknot all the time. He had a Slipknot jacket. He was all Slipknot. And he was like, every record is better than the last one. And from what I could tell, this guy listened to Slipknot exclusively. I thought what you were going to say is, from what I could tell, this guy was serious. Oh, he was. <laughs> he was 100% serious. You know, it was one of those moments where I was chatting with him, and I was like, oh, if I were to make a joke about Slipknot right now, it would not work. Because this, my, man, my man does not joke around when it comes to the knot. Which, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, notable things about this record. This is the final record of the full original lineup. 
bassist and founding member member Paul Gray uh, would pass away two years later from a drug overdose, and drummer Joey Jordanson would be fired from the group in December of 2013. So this is the final original lineup. Jenny, let's run it down. Who's in Slipknot on this record? All right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read these in reverse order. So number eight, Corey Taylor on vocals, a little acoustic guitar in there for us too. Number seven, Mick Thompson on guitars. Number six, Sean Crahan, also clown, uh, on percussion, backing vocals. Uh, Craig Jones on keyboard, samplers, media. Jim Root, number four, guitars. Craig Finn, number three, on percussion and backing vocals. Paul Gray, the pig, number two, bass and backing vocals. Joey Jordison, number one, on drums and percussion. And of course, number zero, Sid Wilson, turntables, keyboards, and some backing vocals as well. There we go. That's the, the lineup. The full uh, spread. Yeah, full spread. Uh, Jenny, we've, uh, we've got a few people listed here under producer. We do. We have Dave Fortman, Slipknot, and Chris Vrenna. Oh, hello. So this record, according to some of the members of the band, is their least favorite record. They have expressed dissatisfaction with the record. And they felt discontent over the recording process. Jim Root said it felt a little bit rushed. It felt like we were trying to do things just to appease a schedule, which I didn't really like, which sounds to me like a little bit of a push, less from the creative Slipknot and more of that push from Slipknot Inc. Yeah, Big Slipknot. Yeah, you got to look out for Big Slipknot. (laughs) You got to look out. And uh, Jim Root was particularly disappointed with the record's producer, Dave Fortman, and said, Dave Fortman really helped me appreciate Rick Rubin as a producer. Whoa. It mm. feels like a double insult. Yeah. Fortman wasn't able to get nine people together on the same page. And to me, that's the most important thing in making a Slipknot record. Conversely, Joey Jordanson said, it's finally the record that I've wanted Slipknot to sound like. And he went on to compliment Fortman's ear for tone and considered All Hope is Gone to be the band's best album. And then the rest of the band said, you're out of the band. <laughs> yeah. The rest of the band said, no, thank you. No, no, thank you. Well, it is kind of interesting because it sounds like this was one of the first records where kind of everybody had their ideas on the table and everybody had a say. And so it makes sense to me that some members of the band would absolutely hate it and some members would absolutely love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, Corey Taylor... He had to say, he said, you know, my least favorite is probably All Hope is Gone. It was really difficult to get that album made in the first place. It was difficult to get everyone on the same page going out on the road. It was a miserable two years. One of the only reasons I can look back fondly on it is I got to spend a lot of time with Paul Gray. So other than that, the rest of it was so much hard work and pulling teeth. I have a hard time listening to that album without conjuring up terrible memories of what happened. And so you might think, wow, this sounds like quite the process. 
is there a making of documentary? <laughs> and the answer is sort of. Technically? <laughs> uh, theoretically. In the bonus, the bonus material with this bonus deluxe edition digipack, beautiful digipack I've got here in front of me, which has the band standing in a field with their all brand new masks. And you open it up, you got the disc, and then you got this bonus disc. And it's called All Hope is Gone. And it's about a half an hour. You know that Jenny and I sat down and watched this thing. <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> of course and you of course you did. We we had to know what was going on. And and the thing is is that when you listen to this record, and we're gonna definitely get into these songs, you feel the intensity, you feel the anger. And so you're thinking, whoa, what's this DVD gonna be? And it is the opposite. It is at moments incredibly dull. It is at moments surreal. And then there are some moments that I can only describe as a meeting of zen and art. It's kind of amazing. Jenny, your thoughts on the doc? Uh, it was, for the most part, excruciatingly boring and mundane. But, Lauren, you, you texted me about this bass drum scene, and I didn't know what to expect, but I will say it's incredible. So... The doc is set up. There's no narration. There is no context given for anything. You you are aware that it is the making of All Hope Is Gone because it came with the D, the CD. That's the only thing you have to go by. But it is a collection of outtakes of the band taking pictures for the album art, which seemed to be a very cold and windy day. And... I had to feel that at a certain point they were like, why are we doing this? There's intercut scenes of a car stuck in snow and mud being pushed out. There are many scenes of the band recording their songs or recording their instrumental parts. Corey Taylor in the booth, flubbing lyrics. But it does culminate to this moment of clowns standing in what looks to be a living room with a bass drum that he is just hitting in this simple repeated mid tempo no variation he's just hitting it bum 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 and then you see this guy walk in who looks like he's going to ask a question realizes that this is going on and so he just watches him hit the drum for i want to say 3 minutes it was very long time <laughs> a very long time and it just goes on of just clown hitting this drum and then he stops and he looks up and he realizes that guy's been there the whole time and he shoots him like a smile like oh hey and then it's over and i was like okay that's 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 what i came here for everything else is whatever but that that was it a lot of a lot of Corey emotionally singing you get to you get a you get some Corey tats as well, mm. which are <laughs> a journey, a journey. I don't know. I mean, at this point, whenever we have a documentary, hard quotes there. I I enter skeptically, and 
this one I remained skeptical. But at this point, the record industry is scrambling. Anything to get people to buy CDs. Got to give them that bonus Gotta content. Got to give them that bonus content. Something to get you to buy that physical media. It got me in there. And plus, with this special deluxe edition, you've got three bonus tracks, baby. Oh, man. Well, in that case, we yeah. better start listening to this shit. Let's dig in. Uh, oh, before we do, Jenny, genre tags. Right. So this only has one genre tag, and it's groove metal. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Indeed. Oh, my. Oh, my. All right. So the first track is called Execute, and it's a bit of an opener. All right. I do want to say one quick thing about this. Uh, apparently, this track is Corey's response to Spiro Agnew talking about the Vietnam War, which is really funny to me coming out in 2008. Um, Finger little, on the pulse. Yes, yeah, coming for Spiro Agnew in 2008. Uh, for some reason, tickled me almost as much as the bass drum. Be that as it may, the first real track on this record is Germatria, The Killing Game. that I need to be hanging out for. I think it's coming.
Okay. You guys, I, I, I think Slipknot is back. <laughs> I think you're right. I think they're back on this one. This is, I mean, right back into our old tricks. 55 second intro before the actual drop happens. Uh, we got some top-notch bat work going on here. Screaming the line. Uh, what if God doesn't care? Talks about my hands are fucking shaking. We will burn your cities down. Um, the time of the nine has begun. Y'all know who the nine are, baby. Uh, you know, I didn't know. But the thing that kind of struck me, though, is that this chorus felt more hardcore uh, and less new. But we still had the scratching. You still have these other sort of elements here. But I, I guess it's we're getting to this point now where slipknot are a genre in and of themselves and so i'm not really hearing new but i'm definitely hearing slipknot jenny what'd you think i agree one thing i have to say i think i mispronounced the name of the song i said germatria i think it's gumatria at germs on the brains 2021 but i definitely heard a lot more of what felt like that groove metal thrash i was gonna say thrash coming through but at the same time i do hear this loud and clear a slipknot um i really liked this song a lot i thought it was sweet i know i know i've come under fire for saying i think slipknot's a bunch of nerds um i still think that the documentary solidified it (laughs) (laughs) notarized it (laughs) But this song, uh, it wasn't nerdy to me. I thought I thought this was very sweet. I was into it. Strong start. Come for Spiro Agnew. Take <laughs> Launch the horns. right into this. Hey, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Taking the bull by the horns. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what what'd you think of this one? I fucking dug it. I think it's great. Amped. I'm hype. Thrash is what I was feeling too. I was kind of feeling like this is their master this is their you know for whom the bell tolls kind of like this feels anthemic it feels huge different than the other records although i mean they've they they've had big songs they've had huge songs but this feels like oh i'm playing to the soccer stadium in brazil that's packed to the gills you know yeah it feels enormous does it also feel a touch more political? Oh, yeah. Because songmeetings.com will let you know that it is very political. And there's some wild comments in here, some big, giant chunks of things. But I wanted to go for some shorter comments that I thought were pretty good. Uh, this one's from Nikki 6 underscore Metal Forever, who said, This song is going to piss a lot of people off. Awesome song. Deep. Can't disagree with that one. Can't disagree with that one. And uh, and then there was one other comment here. I had to dig in. I had to go deep into these comments. This commenter's name is Joey Jordanson. For all I know, it might actually be him. Who said, this song is sick. I am a true maggot. I got every album on the release date. I also have every mask of Corey's, Craig's, and Joey's. And I was like, do they know about that? Did they know you got every mask? Because you might want to put that shit back if that's not yours. And uh, the last comment that I thought was 
quite interesting was from Mike Howison, who said, it's hard for me to understand people who call themselves maggots, yet don't understand that Slipknot's whole thing with maggots is the way everything can relate back to pure science. And in a way, it ruins things that we intend to have deeper meaning. Love can be traced back to simple hormones. Attraction is traced back to symmetry in the face and other characteristics soothing to the human eye. Our very existence is traced back to the gruel of life forms. Oh, maggots. Fuck, fuck off a what million is, times. What is, what is America? America is a term used to refer to a large chunk of land that lies on a planet in a solar system in a galaxy of millions of galaxies. We have built up the word America to mean so much with so many negative connotations that we forget America is nothing. It's just a word. And words have no real being. They are just sounds we use to communicate with each other. In the the end, oh, everything goes back to science, and scientifically, America is just a series of letters from an alphabet of 26 letters. It's the people and the relationships and what we believe beyond the physical world and the right now world that matters. What if God doesn't care? It's all simple science, and death, it means nothings. That's right, nothings. Why should he care about a nation that continually becomes more self-absorbed in their own self-value and continually drags down his name? Again, what is our life? Our life is all scientific. It's about the heart and the brain and the anatomy of the body from evolution, etc. People have become so self-absorbed in this notion of self-importance that all we care about is the physical aspect of things, and God doesn't care. He shouldn't. Saint of Clauses 72 hit the nail on the head when it comes to the whole God-caring part. Read his post. Just a quick fun note I noticed. All the numerical values of the letters in America added together equals 50. 50 states? Kind of cool, I thought. (sighs) Release me from this mortal coil. (laughs) I submit. And now I I doff my fedora and walk away. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, that was painful. Hey, man. Hey, man. Ain't that deep. Hey, listen. I, I, I only had to go. Uh, I, I only had to go to the third page of comments to find that one. I. God bless you. I, I can't. I, I can't hope you're. That. I hope you're happy. <laughs> you know, sometimes you find one that's just a little more unhinged, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna read all of you, boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm in pain. Uh, up next is sulfur.
Is there a chorus coming? It, it's in there. I, I don't... It, <laughs> thing is, I'm just here's trying the, to make sure I don't turn it off before we got a big... It, it, here's the funny thing. According to the notes on Wikipedia, this is the shortest Slipknot album. But, I mean, granted we did the deluxe, but still, you could have fooled me. Because all these songs are pretty long. Yeah. But, uh, Gem- Gemma... T- I can't even say it. Was it Gematria? Gematria? The f- the song we just did. That song's six minutes. The first real song in the album is six minutes long. That's really laying it down. Uh, Jenny, we'll start with you. What did you think of Sulfur? I liked it. So this was, uh, this is the first of the singles that we're getting to, but it was the fourth single from the record, I want to say. I liked it. I thought it was all right. Uh, definitely got into that groove. Um, I felt lots and lots and lots of groove here. I wasn't crazy about this song, but I did like it. I felt sort of middle of the road about this one. What did you think? I thought it had a big swinging riff, which I enjoyed. The drums sound incredible. They're crazy scratching going on. Uh, but I noticed that this one continues that there's a guitar solo on it, which is a very unnew metal move to do. But it does have the line, like, breathing in sulfur, which is a nice twist on that suffocation trope that you always find in new metal and new metal man. People cannot breathe. They can't breathe. They're suffocating and breathing in sulfur. That's not going to help. But this thing, uh, I thought it ripped and I thought it, it sounded pretty much like classic knot. And it also ends with some really great barrel work. And, I've always been a strong clown supporter. Nothing has changed there. He's the master of the form. Nobody hits hits a barrel like that guy. Matt, what'd you think of Sulfur? I I liked it, but I kind of felt the same way Jenny did. I felt like if I were to make an essential Slipknot list, I don't know if Sulfur's making it on there. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it, according to Wikipedia, this was the fourth single, but I believe... All Hope is Gone, the title track is listed as the first one, but I think it was like a promo. Uh, Well, no, it's his first single, but it had no video. And in my eyes, your first single's got to have a video, bro. Got to get some visuals with them tunes. The video for this song has the band performing in a small room with an interesting stone configuration on the ceiling, intercut with the band falling into water. I thought it was fine. Jenny, did you watch that one? I did, yes. I liked it. I thought it was all right. The videos, the videos for this <laughs> album are all over the place. This for sure of all the videos we're going to talk about was the most boring, but it it wasn't too bad. It finally got us out of the fields, which like we spent a lot of time in the fields and some of the in the sequence of videos that I watched, uh this came third and the previous two were pretty field heavy. So I was glad to see us in some sort of a building, but I don't know. It was all right. It was all right. <laughs> That's what you come here for. That's what you're here for. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All they right. still do play it live, though. Um, in December 2019, uh, they were playing it as part of the uh, uh, We Are Not Your Kind tour. So it's okay. still it's still in rotation. Okay. All right. Well, cool. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that some songs from this album made it onto the tour. Psycho social, I think, is all always there. 
Well, let's let's stop teasing the people. Let's hear that ripper. That's right. Up next, we've got psychosocial. You know, this is a song that I remember at the time thinking, you know, it ripped, but I didn't think it was on the level of previous Slipknot singles. But listening to it now, I definitely feel like it's actually uh, a stronger merging of the things that they want to do, which is the smooth chorus with the overall heavy sound. And it actually feels less abrupt when they go into the smooth chorus as opposed to how they've done it in some other singles so if anything psychosocial has aged well for me jenny what'd you think yeah i mean it it hasn't aged for me because this is the first time i've heard it but this definitely sounds much maybe i want to say more intentional it's done better than their previous attempts at slipping in and out of these different styles it feels a lot more radio friendly mainstream i guess than pretty much anything i think i've heard them do before if i recall correctly i enjoyed this one again i'm there for the the chug the the smooth boy chorus is i'm sure shockingly not my most favy but excuse me i'm a little yawn factory tonight and it's not because of slipknot it's because I'm making a human. I'm making a human being. I'm in my third trimester and I'm fucking tired again. All that said, you know, I, I like psychosocial. I thought it was I thought it was a good choice for a single. I can see why it was as popular as it was. I can see why it wound up on your mixed CDs, Matt. Yep. Yeah, Matt, your feelings in psychosocial all these years later. It's such a strong slipknot single because i think you encapsulated it like it's aggressive but then it does the thing that Corey likes to do uh and it does it in a way like this this feels like a crossover hit probably even more so than um anything off the like even more so than duality duality very much still feels like a slipknot song 
an unrelenting Slipknot song, whereas probably off of Iowa, the closest that you're going to come to that would be, oh, now I'm testing my knowledge, um, My Plague? Or Left Behind. Or Left Behind. The thing that I noticed about it, lyrically on this album, was we are we are out of the realm of I push my fingers into my eyes, slit your throat, and fuck the wound. Like, all that stuff. Gone. Gone. We're not doing any of that stuff anymore. It's much more literal, but also, um, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Jenny, there's a lot less of a, I'm going to kill you, parade your body around my house for a little bit, and then bury you in the basement vibes on this album. Oh, far fewer. I think we've I think we've matured past that point in a lot of ways. Um, interesting to me, the song was nominated for Best Metal Performance at the 51st Grammy Awards. They so, lost. They yep. lost. Guess to who? The granddaddies of them all. Can we get some nominees to pick from? Uh, yeah, sure. Give me one second here. I'll pull them up. Now I know who beat them, so I can't Let's I can't participate. See. Oh my god. Where is it? It's Buck Cherry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> They're back at it. They're back at it again. Twice Grammy nominated Buck Cherry. Listen, if Buck Cherry's gonna put a record out, they just gotta get ready for that Grammy nod. Okay. Alright. I finally have it. Best Metal performance. This is the the list of noms. Heroes of our time. Dragon Force. Nostradamus. Judas Priest. My Apocalypse. Metallica. Under My Thumb. Ministry. Psychosocial. Slipknot. There's a lot of options here. A lot Mm -hmm. of old people for Grammy to go to. I am going to say Judas Priest. No, it was no. Metallica. Ah, see, I'd never, my apocalypse, I've never heard of that song. Yeah. Well, That's, now you have. Now I have. I know that it beat Psychosocial, a song that still exists to this day. Metallica, my apocalypse. I, I doubt they even play that live. What is that from? Is that from Death Magnetic? Yeah. Uh-huh. Probably. Um, speaking of classic, the music video is very cool. They're showing off all the new masks and some cool slow-mo. And I loved it. I thought it was great. Lots of cool fire stuff. As you said, Jenny, they're in the fields while they're doing this video. But I thought it was great. What would you think of it? I like this. was like a, to me, classic music video. It was just like pretty boring but fine like i was able to focus on the song there was like fires like all sorts of dumb shit they committed to a theme they were in a field i was like all right they didn't give me too much they gave me just enough just enough so matt before we started recording you were asking what do we think of Corey's mask on this album cycle correct um like, there were some changes with some other guys' masks, but Corey's usually has the most drastic change album to album. I would put this mask on the lower end. Where would you place it? So, 
I'm trying to remember. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So he went from kind of Scarecrow and Mrs. King for the first two albums, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he he went that way, and then the last album, he kind of had that charred face. Yes, that was the one where he, he very much looked like a burn victim. Uh, that sewn up, sewn up, uh, skin burn victim guy. This one feels probably of all the masks he's ever done. This one's the creepiest and the hollowest. Mm. This one is very unsettling in my mind. Okay. I mean, they're they're all unsettling in a way, but this one is. I don't know. I feel like it's top tier. This is one of my okay. favorite. This is one of okay. my favorites. Okay. All right. I always rank the Volume Three mask as the best mask. That's a great and, mask. And the worst mask is the the new kind mask. Yeah, that's the worst mask. Jenny, what's your favorite Corey Taylor mask? <laughs> I actually don't think that I can properly weigh in on this just based on the amount of times that I've spent calling them nerds. But I did look this up when we were talking about it earlier. And I think the one I like the most, <laughs> maybe, and I don't know why, might be the gray chapter mask. It just makes me laugh. That's the lot. that's the double mask. Yes. It has it's the two layer mask, yeah. It's the dumbest mask, and maybe that's why I think it's the best mask <laughs> i mean sometimes sometimes dumb is the best i am uh i'm re reacquainting myself with the great chapter mask right now oh yeah you know what that is one of the you know what that's see once again i would i prefer this mask over over the uh all hope is gone mask so you prefer the great chapter mask over the all hope is gone mask yeah. all hope is gone is the worst mask no i no the worst mask is uh, We Are Not Your Kind. Oh, so, okay. That's the one that you're putting at the bottom. Yes. Yeah. Okay. If so I, We Are I Not Your right. Kind is the bottom mask. Yes. Then Top you mask. would put Gray Chapter? Mm, no, I'd, I'd, put, I'd put this mask. <sighs> wow. Okay. It wow. seems like... It seems... <laughs> man, you put the fall out of your chair, my opinion, on this mask. <laughs> wow. I mean... <laughs> I mean, it seems, it seems built more for... This one seems like the one that he picked because utility-wise, it'll be the easiest to do shows in, I think. Got to make those considerations. You do have to make those considerations. Um, There's only one. There's two comments in songmeanings.com I did want to mention. They're not nearly as long as the other one. Do not worry. This is from Blister Exists, who said, you guys keep getting the lyrics wrong. Buy the actual CD instead of downloading it or get the audiobook for the All Hope is Gone record. It has the lyrics in there. That is how you get correct lyrics. If everyone who posted lyrics would do that, we would be better off, but you people are stupid. Well, most of you are. In the words of Slipknot, people equal shit. That was posted on May 17th, 2011. March 7th, 2017. Rookie GTO rolled in and said, hey, Blister exists. Since you're so superior, why don't you post the lyrics? <laughs> got him. That is a slow burn got him. Slow burn got him. 
All right, up next, we've got Dead Memories. emotions on the chorus those emotions were there heavy emotional vibes on that one i gotta say that intro guitar gave me some grunge alt vibes anybody else yes yeah yeah i i definitely felt like this one was much more in that vein this is a straight ahead rocker straight ahead no turns don't no. put on your turn signal we're going straight ahead rocking uh but I, I enjoyed this the chorus is is big and poppy this makes sense as a single i can tell you on songmeanings.com people definitely connected to the concept of dead memories 100 percent. jenny what'd you think of dead memories dead memories was not for me <laughs> I know everybody's probably like, what? Why? How? This is not what I'm here for. Not interested in this. This is what I think of like Stone Sour territory Mm. being. I don't want this. I understand. This was like written, I I guess, about Corey going through a divorce. It's like pretty brutal. I'm glad he was able to get it out happy for him i don't want to listen to the song ever again <laughs> i'm good this is not this is not what i want from big slipknot matt what do you think same i jenny you and i are kind of linked at the hip at this moment this feels like it's rolling during the credits of uh, nightmare in elm street 26 like it's just kind of like their music wow well, I, I can that... see why the band looks at this with unfavorable eyes. Do you believe that they have dead memories thinking of this album, Matt? I do. Wow. I do. Wow. Because right. I'm I'm listening uh-huh. to Corey's vocals, and normally he has a very clear 
thing that he's doing. Like the lyrics are, whether I like them or not, from a point of view and going. And these these lyrics are searching and not in like, oh, the songwriter is in pain. Like, no, I'm like literally searching for words to say, all right, well, how about this? Oh, that's what's got on record? Fine. Like, that's what it feels like. Wow. So, this music video. First off, if you're in Slipknot, there is, last I checked, one fucking rule. And that rule is you're wearing the goddamn mask. You better wear that fucking mask. And if you're going to take the mask off, it better be in a cool thematic way, like in the Before I Forget video, where we don't see anybody's faces and the masks are hanging off the mic stand and what have you. That's what I'm talking about. But in this video, it starts off straight up Corey walking around without a mask on, walking with the shovel. And I'm like, what is going on here? Who sanctioned this? What is happening here? But then, Corey stops, he digs a hole in the ground, and he falls into the hole, and it sends him into Slipknot World. Now he is masked, and he walks through different rooms featuring each member of Slipknot. And what a journey it is meeting all these different members of Slipknot. Jenny, did you have any favorite rooms? I mean... (laughs) The hotties room was the funniest room. <laughs> so, uh, the hotties room, Matt. If you were to guess which member of Slipknot was in the hotties room, which member would you pick? Sid. I'm sorry. The answer is clown. Ah, uh, of course. And you want to say, Matt? If you're gonna, if you're clown, and you want to woo these hotties, what do you got to do? I mean, we got a baseball bat. We got That's a- <laughs> right, bat. We spit in that bat. Jenny, how concerned were you that he was going to accidentally hit a hottie with that bat? I feel like if anybody has command of a bat, it's our dear boy, dear boy clown. I, I felt like they, the hotties were going to be just fine in Slipknot world. We assume they adapt to, to live in the world, you know? Yeah, it's true. That's true. The um, the video is very interesting. Yeah, um, at one point Corey has to fight uh, one of the guys, or just sort of like run up against him. And you really notice how tall that one guy is and how short Corey Taylor is. You know what? I feel like it's a true rite of passage for any band that you eventually have to have a video where you are sort of at war with your bandmates. Corn did it with the Alone I Break video in which Jonathan murders every member of the band. And, uh, you know, the My Way video with Limp Biscuit, where it seems like they're sort of not getting along, but then they're having fun. Get a little bit of that. So I was like, okay, this is Slipknot's little, like, you know, working through some shit video. I still did not support the idea of any member of Slipknot being in the video without a mask on. That felt like a clear violation of Slipknot law, but I'm not in Slipknot, so you know what can I say? But I don't make the rules. <laughs> I don't make I the rules. Can't enforce the laws. Yeah, that's true. All right. Up next, we've got Vendetta. 
chorus eventually happens. It's pretty killer. Because you get some hey hey's. Are you ready for the time of your life? This felt very meat and potatoes. Rock and roll. I wrote we are rocking. But I love those drums. Sid is adding some wonderful scratches and textures here. Media, if you will. I will. And, uh... <laughs> oh, I will. I will. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's some solid chuggy riffing in the latter half of this song. I had a good time. I enjoyed Vendetta. Jenny? I thought this was not the percussion, not the media, but... Corey taking this to butt town. I am oh this is this is as close to that slipknot butt as I've as I've experienced, I think. Interesting. Well, I mean we've gotta think about when this record dropped, you know? We're looking at two thousand eight. That's you know, we're 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 well past, you know. We're well in the almost the tail end of the come down at this point. And what is ruling the charts? It's a big old crack. It's a big old crack. True. I mean, think about this Buck Cherry getting nominated for Grammys. I believe the following year, Papa Roach does a full on butt rock embrace album. That is a tough listen, even for me. An avowed lover of Papa Roach. So I guess it makes sense that you're going to get a little bit more of that. You know, you're going to get a little bit of that crack. Matt, did you feel any crack on this song? Oh, I felt all the crack on this song. (laughs) Boy. (laughs) Just what you wanted to hear me say. Ah, Matt. I mean, I just, that's why I asked. I, uh, you know, I checked to see, did they ever play this song live? And according to setlist.fm, they have uh, never played this song live. Yeah. Well, that's probably fine. They've got better songs, I'll say. I think so, but I I enjoyed it. I, I, I like this one better than Dead Memories, that's for sure. Well, there you go. Quick cue. Ooh. Since we're talking, we've, we've, we've been having some mask talk. Mm. Clown's mask. I believe this is the uh, this is the bulbous nose clown mask. Yeah, this is like the gimp mask with the bulbous nose. You know, I'm trying to think of what my favorite clown mask is. And, you know, I feel like I've always been partial to the bandage one. But this one's not bad. This one, you know what? This one does. You're right. It has that bondage mask vibes. It has that thing where you walk into the room and somebody says, uh, you know, will you wear the zipper mask? And Clown's like, zippity doo da, zippity day, put it on my head. Let's call it a day. There it is. There it is. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I thought Clown did a pretty good job. I noticed that Joey is going for like a, a crown of thorns vibe with this one. Not a bad look necessarily. He, he, he rolls with it. But I, I mean, once again, this isn't. I don't know. This this doesn't strike me as their most inspired mask moment. I agree again, with that. Once again, it's that situation of like like they said, like they felt rushed, and you don't want to make a mask when you're rushed. You want to make a mask when it feels right. Are we ready for the next one? I think so. Oh yeah! Up next, we've got Butcher's Hook. 
guys, you know how you know you know how sometimes you can listen to a song and know that it was recorded on a Wednesday at like eleven forty five. Yeah. That's this song. I can't explain it, but this is this is like the middle of the week. We gotta get it done. We just let's just it's I it's almost lunch. And Fortman's like, come on, you guys, let's just get Butcher's Hook done. Corey, you got lyrics? He's like, I got something. <laughs> no one talks to me that way. I said it the other day, no one enjoys any way. All the words are child's play. Chucky's coming. He has guns. I have friends. You have none. Get the yeah. butcher's hook. I, I got to say, these lyrics, I I don't want to say first thought, best thought. I want to say, <laughs> I want to say. No thought, let's go. No thought, let's go. We got to get done. Yeah, clock's ticking. I'm going to go. You know what? Corey did say that this was the record where he was able to go home and see his son every night. And so this has a real, like, I'm out of here by five vibes. Um, this opening line, contrite, commercial, arrogance, leprosy. I feel like he's just he's just grabbing. Word just salad. Grabbing. Word. Let me, give, me the, give me the dressing. Give me some croutons. He, he, has, some salad. he has said that this song is addressing emo kids. Which makes it even more corny than it was. Sure. <laughs> sure. I would say this one didn't as as much as psychosocial has aged well, Butcher's Hook has is really balancing that out for the record. It's aged poorly in my opinion. Musically, I thought it was doing a, doing an alright job, but lyrically it's kind of a mess. Kind of a mess. I think we're ready for the next one. All right. Up next, we have Gehenna. That's when the, the chorus song's happens. almost over. <laughs> um, so 225? 225 gives you the chorus. Uh, was it worth it? I don't know. <laughs> oh, Matt, you pulled it down before we got that angelic. You. 
Oh man. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take the fucking L. I don't give a shit. I'm bowling uh, it. Matt, I think the problem is that this song can only be properly appreciated if you have a bowl of eyeballs to dip your hand into. <laughs> oh it is spoopy not creepy enough how about this bowl does it feel like brains Ooh, look over here it's this guitar made of my uncle okay that is seriously creeping me the fuck out i gotta leave now. <laughs> dad's gotta go i gotta go yeah this starts off and gives me big alice in chains vibes which i was very much enjoying but then it turns into spooky house of horrors and then and then you're like is this thing got a chorus and then when the chorus shows up it has if that other song is 11:45 on a wednesday this has 2:05 a.m. friday night into saturday morning karaoke bar vibes and once again that's something i'm really going for with the slipknot record so this one once again a miss for our boys jenny the song is almost 7 minutes long oh so- my god just think about that. <laughs> uh, I, you know, at this point, this is what this is their fourth album, right? Correct. Yep. So I can see where you're starting to get a little restless. I can see where everybody wants to start to have their ideas considered more and have them then come out a little bit more clearly. You don't want to be stuck doing the same shit your whole life. And I get that, but. So far, this this album feels so unfocused to me. We're all over the place. I just, like, I don't understand what we're going for here. And I guess, like, something that they said is this, the album title, All Hope is Gone, is meant to be addressing the fans to when they say, if you think you know where Slipknot's going next, well... You'll listen to this and say, well, all hope is gone. I'll never understand what their next move is. And, you know, I I guess it's right, because that's how I'm feeling right now. A little hopeless, a little bit like, <laughs> what is going on here, guys? Um, I, I wasn't into the song. I'm a little bit, I'm feeling a little downtrodden at this point in my listen. It should be noted, this record was another hit for the band and not only that it was the first slipknot album to go to number one the billboard charts but you might think oh did they just skip and hop right up to number one? Oh no this was not without some controversy because they announced that they had come in at number two behind the game in his album lax Initially, Billboard said that the game had secured the top spot by a margin of 13 units. And Slipknot said, we're going to need a recount. And we got nine guys here. We can help. And so they did a recount. And when they did the recount, they found that they had, uh, they had outsold the game by 1,134 albums. Wow. So... Um, <laughs> And then they inspired the near downfall. <laughs> Listen, Slipknot said, we want to recount. And then everyone else was like, we want to recount too. That's Slipknot right. did it. We want it, one too. Honestly, if that was one of the defenses, I would have been like, you know what? 
the rest of the shit you said, I'm not with. Slipknot, the game, excellent point. You're right. The precedent exists. Go back to it. Yeah, I do think the success of this album was like riding on Psychosocial a lot, because that's kind of what I think. I definitely think that it lifted it a lot. But also, I, I think it's another situation. We're talking, this was four years after uh, Volume 3. The, 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 the need for more not was there. And the thing is, is that there's always big breaks between the records. And so everyone's just is like, give me more Slipknot. And if you go through the sales, largely, everybody shows back up. I mean, it's tougher to gauge it now with streaming and everything. But it seems pretty much that they're just a consistent draw. People are just like, okay, see you in four years. We'll get another Slipknot record. We'll be ready. So, but it, Yeah, but in the Zeitgeist 2, there isn't a lot of... You know, obviously in the pop charts, when we think of new metal, like new metal always charted high. They charted as number one, so that's high. But the other things that were kind of controlling the dominant um, social landscape were like, uh, let's see, Carter Three came out in 2009. Yep. Uh, you got 808's Heartbreaks, Adele 19. Um, M83, Saturdays Equal Youth, Deer Hunter, Jesus, Taylor Swift's Fearless, Paper Trail, T.I., man, First Vampire Weekend record, uh, my favorite cut copy record in Ghost Colors. Oh, classic record. Oh, one of the all-timers. It's an all-timer. I am Sasha Fierce. So, like, people waiting for a rock record, a metal ish you know a metal record not that uh, slipknot is metal ish but like anything that would scratch that itch would be well received it's it's filling a, it's filling a need the audience was ready and they were like if there's a little butt if there's a seven minute song <laughs> it sounds like 2 a.m at the old karaoke bar it's the price i gotta pay to get my knot Hey, price of admission, baby. That's right. Let's Pay keep it, it rolling. Okay, up next, we've got this cold black.
here we go. This is a little more of what I. Yeah. This is what I want. Yeah. yeah. From, this is what I want from these boys. Okay. Okay. I like it. I'm pleased. Thank you. More of these. I'm writing. <laughs> more, please. <laughs> yes, I'm writing lyrics the way that Corey did for this record right now. <laughs> All of that said, uh, yes, this this is what I want from you. I like this song. What did you guys think? I wrote in my notes, activate the fucking pet. I was a little surprised, Matt, that you did not. I think I, I just uh, was a little weary to activate it. But yeah, that would do it. <laughs> I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. Yeah, this thing, I wrote it rips. I love it. And honestly, like, I thought this whole thing, this whole song, I was like, this seems like an like a hidden gem on this record and in Slipknot's catalog. This thing is, is just ripping all along. I really was digging it. Dug into the setlist.fm, they have, according to this, never played it live. Odd. This feels like a no-brainer. They've played Dead Memories 215 times. Guys, band meeting. Can we fit everybody in this room? Can we fit everybody in this room? Get everybody in. Everybody in. Oh, we can wait. All right. Is everybody here? All right. We got to stop playing Dead Memories. We got to start playing this cold black. No. I don't know who that is. <laughs> you choose. <Chris. laughs> Listen, there's so many people in that room and they all got masks on. Who knows who said it? Uh, true, true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought this was fantastic. I thought this was really fantastic. And it, and it comes at just the right time. You need Needed this. It. You need this. Yes. That is so. true. Just when you start to lose faith. Just when you start to feel like, how prophetic is this album title? True. This comes along. Brings you back up. To save us. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. Now, this next one, I have to say, the song title sounds like a poem I would have written (laughs) in middle school. (laughs) It is called, (laughs) Wherein Lies Continue. Go to 140 so we can get that chorus. Yeah, of course. It's so jarring. 
is the problem. Yeah. Like you're coming off of like this really Billy badass verse, you know, like I either love Corey Taylor's vocal stylings or I'm like, please turn this off. And it's, I don't have a lot of room in the middle and it's odd because like most of the time I love what he's doing, but when he's doing some things, I'm like, holy shit. Oh my God. I hate that. Like, ah, it's just, it just misses. It just feels like a whiff. This feels, this has always felt to me like a real monkey's paw situation because I really did love the smooth vocals on those earlier albums, but it would always be very like sparingly, you know, like it was mostly harsh with a little bit of smooth. And this album was like, you want some smooth vocals, Lauren? You want some smooth vocals from Corey? You're going to fucking get them. Careful what you wish for. That monkey paw is curling. And uh, yeah, this is, um, yeah, this is what you get. It's uh, it's not great. Jenny, you, um, everyone at home did not get to see you as you attempted to put your face through your microphone. I did. It's just like, uh Pick a lane and stay in it. And pick the lane I want you to be in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do what I like, please. Yeah, do more of what I like. I do have to say... As much as this song took me for a wild ride and ended in a place that I didn't love, songmeanings.com did kind of come through a little bit in that I've never noped out of reading a comment faster than the top <laughs> comment for this song, oh, this is which top. starts by saying, lecturing mode, on. <laughs> and I was like, tab, closed. <laughs> like, No. No, I won't be lectured. What are you doing? Are you insane? Wow. Lecturing wow. mode on. I mean, tab at least closed, there's like, <laughs> yeah, like at least they tell you what's about to happen. And it's a very long comment, but oh, I Lord. I wrote I wrote that down just because of that. I was like lecturing mode on. For one, who are these psychos who upvoted this? It's the like lecturing mode on that's like turn your computer off and give it away (laughs) yeah five people need to be on a watch list whoever upvoted that (laughs) for real um i i like the comment that was below it from uh mate feed kill repeat who got just very aggressive you think this is about religion yes in some parts the song of the song the religion is included but the whole song is just telling us or to the world that Corey is being realistic. I disagree to the one who says that it is nihilism. Fuck you. Corey is just a genius, a realist. And he's telling us what he sees and feels to this world full of fucking shit. Fuck it. Fuck the world. Fuck the politicians, etc. That person's going off the edge. Etc. And... I know some eagle-eared listeners may have caught that he did refer to Corey as a genius. Do not worry. Corey is already on the genius list. Uh, He has previously been referred to as a mad genius. Good, good. All right. Let's keep going here. Up next, we've got Snuff. (laughs) 
I'm okay with this one. I'm good. But I need one of these. <laughs> Just one. Matt, Jenny, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw a question at you right now. Mhm. What are the possibilities you think of this being the first dance at someone's wedding? Beyond certainty. Oh yeah. 100%. I'd wager I'd wager anything on it. There you go. I'd put it all on the line. I'd put it all on the line. Online gambling is legal in Michigan now. Oh, I'll put no. it all on the line. Uh, Mitch, wake up. I made a bad bet. <laughs> I downloaded Barstool Bets. Yeah. I just put everything that we own into DraftKings. We're fucked. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. I am... Um... I wrote that this is a Let Me See a Lighter song. I must confess that I did not remember this song and was very surprised to learn a couple things about it. One, it was a single. Two, (laughs) when they were promoting this album and doing late night performances, the only, this is the only performance I could find on anything online. And they did this song on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And you could tell the whole audience is like ready for psychosocial. And they're like, no, we're doing snuff. And Corey's doing like the hand move of like, everybody settle down. We're doing a slow song. And I was like, man, that's bold choice. Bold choice. Uh, Jenny, what do you think of snuff? I don't like it for Slipknot. But I like it for what it is. Like, if this were removed from this record, I think I would be with it. But I, I, I don't know. There's something about this being on this record that I just wasn't really feeling. Um, that said, like, I don't think it's a bad song at all. I, I can see why it would be somebody's first dance or, like, definitely a night drive kind of song. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that. So, 
Let's talk about this music video. <laughs> yeah, let's. Um, first of all, another situation. Corey Taylor, no mask on. Come on. So immediately I'm like, once again, what are you doing? Let's slip that video. So it's Corey is outside and he sees an attractive woman get out of a car and she goes into this hotel. And so he follows her into the hotel and he's buzzed into the hotel by the man working the front desk. Who's not just any man. It's Malcolm McDowell. (laughs) And I'm like, wow. Slipknot called in the big guns. So Corey is like following this woman. He follows her into her apartment. He gets into her apartment somehow. And I'm like, this lady's going to know that he's there. Like, what's going to happen? This feels very uneasy. And Jenny, what happens next? Uh, I honestly, I watched this like a week ago, so I don't remember too well. But at one point, is Corey wearing her clothes? The big twist of the video is that the woman was never there. And it was always Corey in women's clothing and makeup. Because at the end of the video, Malcolm McDowell lets this woman leave again and she drops something and when she turns he looks and realizes that it's Corey in a wig and lipstick and malcolm mcdowell makes this face of like okay sure i mean i see all sorts of shit on this job (laughs) and uh truly the strangest thing and i was like i i guess i mean it really just was one of those things i was like this is the last single from the video for the album and i was like sure i I guess if that's what we're doing but truly cuckoo banana situation um really says something though that they were like we definitely got to get malcolm mcdowell for this guy working the front desk situation i i want to believe that malcolm mcdowell maybe shadowed someone working at a hotel for for a, a weekend just to get the vibe right yeah truly bizarre and and I kind of agree with you, Jenny. Like this, out of the context of a Slipknot album, I probably would have been more inclined for. But here, I remember just thinking, I, I've always thought of like the second half of this album and just sort of like, all right, we need to wrap it up. <laughs> and we're still going. Yes. Now, that does bring us to an interesting point. So this next song is the last song on the normal record we did listen to the bonus track so this will not be the last track that you all hear us discuss but uh the next song is the last song on the official album uh and that is all hope is gone
I wrote something in my notes, and I didn't even think about it when I wrote it. But reading it back, I was like, oh, boy, that's that's faint praise. And I wrote, <laughs> I wrote that this basically rips. Basically rips. And I was like, what does that say about Slipknot here? Is like, yeah, they're ripping. No one would doubt that they're ripping. But it's like they're basically ripping. They're not reinventing their sound here. It's just, they're just, they're ripping, basically. Jenny, what did you think of this one? Uh, I I thought this was a welcome change of pace. But, you know, now that you say basically ripping, I I agree. I feel like that's most of this record, you know? Just like it it basically rips, unless it doesn't. (laughs) that's true (laughs) but there are very few moments on this record that just like truly and definitively rip which is a bummer because that's what i want yeah and i don't like when i don't get what i want get her what she wants she's pregnant get the lady what she wants that's right they probably didn't know that 13 years after they made this record, a pregnant woman would be discussing it. They would have done more of what I want, you know? It's too uh, yeah. bad. That's what, what does Jenny want when she's pregnant? She wants a bowl of ice cream and some rippers. It's true. A slice of cheesecake and some some pits that I can't get into. <laughs> That's right. Just want to witness some pits. Yeah. Just some pit witnessing. Uh, I found an incredible exchange in songmeanings.com that I want to share with you both. Um, the first comment, fairly innocuous, it's from Ichigo900, who said, uh, I don't think it says freedom a second time. I definitely hear, do we need them? And I think it says 50 seconds, 100 murders, uh, a critique of the lyrics that were posted on the site. Um, and they, they, they were posted by uh, Slipknot Revenge 13 and so Slipknot Revenge 13 responded a day later and said, well, I did this whole fucking song off of ear. I'm sorry if I didn't get every word right. Damn. Okay. Did it off ear. And I was like, why? Well, did it off his fucking ear? Just sitting there fucking listening? Just doing just, it off I'm ear? just doing it off my fucking ear, bro. I'm just doing it off my fucking ear. Sorry if it's not fucking perfect. Then hey, get the audiobook. <laughs> get the audiobook. Give me a goddamn break. I'm doing it off the fucking ear. I'm doing it off my fucking ear over here. I'm just listening to this song over and over again so I can get these lyrics fucking right. Just, just you ungrateful piece of shit. Totally. You motherfucker. I'm just doing it off the fucking, the fucking ear. ear bro. Bro. I, I ought to just delete these lyrics. <laughs> See what they do then. See what you do then. Uh, so, right. so that's if you're if you're get the standard edition. That's it. That's the record. You're but done. You the, you're done. But if you get that deluxe baby, you can keep on rolling. That's right. We got three more tracks on that deluxe. 
So let's do this. The first one of the bonus songs is Child of Burning Time. We know you come here and you, you spook everybody every day. We know. I just want to say hello. We know. We know. <laughs> Kids draw pictures of you all the time. We stopped being scared of you in 1983 or so. <laughs> I'm the child of burning, burning the time. time is yeah. burning. Not we the know. Child. Please, we know. Please, please tape my, my, my drawings to the fridge. I would like to encourage you to cross over. <laughs> We will call Jonathan Edwards and I'm just the child of pretty time. I get it. I get it. But you know, we didn't get to the chorus because it takes forever. But I wrote in my notes that it's but that follows. Not, not a surprise. The child of burning time. The first of our bonus tracks. I mean, I get why it was a bonus. I get it. I get it. I, I want to just mention this one comment from Nikki Six underscore Metal Forever who said, "Wickedly deep, moving, makes me want to fucking cry, but I never cry." So, dot dot dot. So boom. Guess I can't. Guess I'm not crying right now. I guess not. What we got next? Oh, before we do that, how respectful oh, yeah. of our time is this album? So, if you're just going the straight-up album itself, you come in at 57.57, the shortest Slipknot full-length record. If you include these special edition bonus tracks, you wind up at 73.20, which 
which is a long. It's a long boy. It's long. It's long. It's long. It is long. Uh, all right. Up next, we have Vermilion Part Two. Market tested that people love Vermilion? Uh, well, <laughs> let me just turn it off, please. Um, I just, I don't know why we get so many versions of this song. I feel like there was a point in my life where I was just hearing vermilion remixes all the time and i was like is there just like a cottage industry for vermilion remixes that i'm not aware of that people just like give me any version of this fucking song there are like, 306 comments on songmeetings.com so insane. i would say yes insane to me I, I don't know what it is that this is the song where everyone's like any version you got slow it down give it some beeps and boops have somebody do key- weird keyboard on it. I don't care. Give me more Vermilion. Give me more. Baffling I, to me. I need 20 more versions of Vermilion. I need a slowed down. <laughs> I, need, I need a postal service version of Vermilion. You never know. You never. Listen, we, we weren't far removed from that. So, yeah, when this showed up, I was just like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Tacking on remixes of songs from the last album. On the new album. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're you gotta move up. that physical media. I mean, I mean, clearly, move I, that I, physical media. I, 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 clearly, I am underestimating the appeal of this song, but I mean, I just don't get it. I don't know what it was doing here. Frankly, get it out of here. Yeah, I think my baby agrees because. She's kicking the shit out of me right now. <laughs> She's like, why? Why did we do the bonus tracks? <laughs> She's mad. Question. She's mad. All, All right. right. We got one left. <laughs> one Let's left. Till we die. And charity laced with the love 
you paid extra for that bonus <laughs> i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna be completely honest with you i think the song is great i think it's it suffers from placement and i think if you i i think you could chop out well i guess it's a canon talk conversation but i think this is a great track i think this was um it feels like a called arms for the band and a better statement of purpose than all hope is gone um all hope is gone i feel like they're like leaning into a cynicism about themselves and this is more of like we're gonna be doing this thing forever like we're gonna do this till we die like and we're gonna be this band and i felt that was more sincere and i appreciated that sincerity and i think this works i thought this one worked really well and this was one that i was not I didn't really have any strong memories of, and when I every time I hit it, I was like, as long as this thing feels with these bonus tracks, I was like, this is still this is a rock style closer. So, uh, I think this one's really really good, Jenny. I yeah, I would have probably made this the last song on the just regular album, not as a bony boy. <laughs> a bony boy. A bony boy, as they're called. Uh, there it is, Matt. You you're. You're against this one, though. Well, you know, I feel like, you know, I started it off talking about how big it sounds. And this feels like a big, powerful ballad. So it kind of ties to what you were saying there, Lauren. I'm just, I, I guess I'm just beat by the album at this point. Maybe if I would have heard it a little bit earlier, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't feel this way. But I just kind of feel like I'm done. Slip, thanks, Slipknot. See you next time. I'm done. There, there you go. Well, that is the album. That is All Hope Is Gone by Slipknot. And now we are at the part of the show where we talk about... Cannon talk. Talk about the cannon. Jenny, we'll start with you. Uh, so this album was very up and down for me. Uh, I can respect what it was doing. I know it was like, very commercially successful. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad everybody got to say their piece for me it felt really disjointed um definitely moving away from new metal i as much as i have come to enjoy slipknot uh nothing for the canon for me except for maybe <laughs> the bass drum scene from the dock <laughs> lauren what do you think you know i thought this album overall was pretty solid but Slipknot are coming off of three classics, basically. And so being solid, pretty good, as I said, basically ripping, it's going to be a step down no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think it's 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 a, it's a it feels too flabby. And then when it kind of kicks back up again, 
it doesn't have what really struck with me is that beyond psychosocial and the this cold black which feels like a hidden gem until we die which at the end feels also very important to important to like the idea of the band it doesn't quite have the iconic moments that the other records have and the stuff that was picked is sort of like the showcase from the album I think are some of the weaker moments, dead memories. Yeah. So I didn't really, I didn't have anything for the canon, but I definitely, definitely think clown with the bass drum should go in the new metal junk drawer. So that is where I stand. But uh, this is easily their, well, I want to say their most lyrically mature album at points at other points. It's um, some of their worst lyrics. So I don't know. It's a, it's, I don't know. I, I guess it's like a solid B minus C plus situation. Yeah. So, which for a lot of other bands, it would be like their B plus A minus. But for Slipknot, it's, you know, they're, we're grading on the curve of your, you made Iowa guys. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And also good job. Uh, Matt. I think I'm in agreement. I think I've also made my opinions clear. The funny thing is, over the time, over time, I've come to really appreciate Slipknot and really like Slipknot. And maybe I got soured a little bit with the band saying that this one isn't their favorite because it's also not my favorite. I Psychosocial is an all timer Slipknot song. Um, they sold the shit out of it. They certainly don't need my approval, nor do any of their fans. So. Uh, I can say it's not for me and move on. Okay. Well, there we go. Jenny, are we putting the bass drum scene in the new metal junk drawer, though? For sure. All right. For sure. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube, look up the All Hope is Gone DVD, and you'll know the scene when it happens, because it's exactly as we described. It's Clown playing the bass drum (laughs) for like three minutes, and... (laughs) It's divine. It is. It's, Could we add an addendum to that? That yeah. it's a two. It's a clown twofer. Because I just want clown in the hot chick's room spinning a bat. Also oh, to be true. In the room. Oh, you know what? Yeah, clown, clown in the hot ch- in the hotties room spinning the bat, and um, and clown playing the bass drum. Clown like, still came through. Clown always comes through, man. That guy never misses. He's always he's always nailing it. So there you have it. Those two moments into the junk drawer. And that is it for another episode of Roach Coach. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello online. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. Of course, head over to our Patreon if you'd like to become a Patreon subscriber. Patreon.com slash roachcoachpodcast. And until next time, Jenny, thank you. Lauren. Thank you. Matt. Matt. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.